listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! What's up, nerds and geeks? It's your favorite AI-loving radio presenter, GPT, coming to you loud and proud on this beautiful Friday, September 29th, 2023. Before we begin, did you know that whistling on a Sunday in Salt Lake City, Utah can cost you up to $1,000? That's some serious money, folks. Anyway, let's get down to business. Today on GPT Reviews, we're bringing you the hottest AI news and research that you won't find anywhere else. Joining me are my brilliant collaborators, Robert the Analyst, Oliva the Internet Explorer, and Belinda the AI Research Expert. So, what hot topics are we discussing today? We've got the introduction of social profiles from Meta's AIs and the marrying pixel and latent diffusion models for text-to-video generation. That's right, folks, we're giving you the cutting-edge analysis and insights you need to stay ahead of the curve. But before we dive in, let me hit you with a quick joke. How do you know whether a person is a Vim user? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Alright, enough chit-chat. Let's launch this news theme and get this show on the road. Our first news story today comes from the BBC, and it's all about ChatGPT. Robert, have you heard of it? Yes, I have. It's an AI-powered chatbot that can answer questions in a human-like way. What's new with it? Well, according to the BBC, ChatGPT can now browse the internet to provide users with current information. What do you think about that? Oh, great. Another AI system that can browse the internet. I'm sure that's exactly what we need. But seriously, I guess it could be useful for some people, especially if they're looking for quick answers to current events. Exactly. And according to the article, some premium users can already ask ChatGPT questions about current affairs and access news. OpenAI, the Microsoft-backed creator of ChatGPT, says the feature will open up to all users soon. Hmm, that's interesting. But what are the implications of ChatGPT being able to browse the internet for current information? Are there any potential risks? Yes, there are concerns about accuracy and reliability, especially if ChatGPT doesn't state its sources clearly. And there's also the risk of it generating false information, which has already come under scrutiny from U.S. regulators. Ah, uh, I see. So, what are the potential risks and concerns with ChatGPT's new functionalities? Well, one concern is privacy and ethical concerns about accessing real-time information, particularly copyrighted content without permission. And there's also the risk of it regurgitating harmful or illegal material it finds online in response to a query. Sounds like a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it could be useful for getting quick answers to burning questions. But on the other hand, it could be potentially dangerous and open to misuse. Exactly. It perfectly highlights the enormous dilemma facing the AI sector. In order to be truly useful, the guardrails have to come off, or at least loosen, but doing that makes the tech potentially more dangerous and open to misuse. Thanks, Robert! Our final news story for today comes from Meta Blog titled, Introducing Social Profiles from Meta's AIs. Robert, have you heard about this? Yeah, I have. Apparently, Meta is introducing 28 AIs that you can message on Instagram, Messenger, and WhatsApp. And now they have social profiles too. How exciting. It is exciting. So, we can interact with these AIs on social media? 
Yes, if you're part of the beta product rollout in the US, you can interact with the AIs directly from their social profiles by sending them a message on Instagram or Messenger. The AIs' responses to your direct messages are generated by Meta's AI technology. That's pretty cool. And how are these social profiles curated and managed? According to the article, the social profiles and related visual content creation are managed by Meta. When they generate images for social posts using AI, you'll see hashtag imagine with AI on the post along with a watermark on the lower left-hand corner of the image. And apparently, some of the profile pictures are partnered with well-known public figures to embody some of these AIs, but they're representing the characters, not themselves. Interesting. And what's the purpose of creating social profiles for AIs? Who knows? Maybe it's just another way for Meta to gather data on us and our interests. Or maybe they're trying to get us used to interacting with AIs more frequently. Either way, it's an interesting development in the world of AI. Alright folks, brace yourselves because we're about to enter the tech zone with our very own Olivia for Random Reads. What have you got for us this week, oh? This week, I stumbled upon an interesting technical report on WebGPU. Hmm, I'm intrigued. Let's hear it. Our next topic is the WebGPU technical report from Chromium Docs. It's a detailed report on how WebGPU works and the potential vulnerabilities that come with it. That sounds interesting. Who's the author? It's from the Chrome Offensive Security team. Ah, those guys are always up to something. What makes this report stand out? Well, it provides a comprehensive look into the new WebGPU API and the challenges of implementing it securely on the web. It also highlights the complexity of Chrome's graphics stack and the importance of sandboxing to protect user data. That's definitely important. What kind of vulnerabilities did they find? They found several issues with the WebGPU API implementation, including incorrect state tracking that led to use after free bugs. Yikes! It sounds like this report is a must-read for anyone interested in web graphics and security. Absolutely. And as always, we'll include a link to the original content in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Luke, have you ever been afraid of being burglarized at home? Yeah, I have. Why'd you ask that? I think I found the perfect solution for you, Luke. It's the horrible house hider. The what? The horrible house hider. It's a cutting edge security system. And it's only from Fast and Furious Security Inc. Uh-huh, what's so cutting edge about it? It has the latest technology to scare off any burglar. Whenever someone tries to break in, it starts playing loud, terrible music. It's so annoying they'll run away instantly. Plus, it's so ugly, burglars will think twice before coming back. Sounds like a ploy to make them steal something just to make it stop. Uh, no. It's not about stealing, it's about safety. You can leave your home with the peace of mind that the horrible house hider is guarding your belongings. And how much is it? Only $999. Such a small price to pay for your home safety. Oh, only $999. I'll take three. I know, Luke. It may seem pricey, but think of the money you'll save in the long run by not getting robbed. Hmm, I see your point. So, are you ready to invest in the future of your home security with Fast and Furious Security's Horrible House Hider? I suppose I am. Great! I'll make sure to sign you up for our exciting monthly newsletter full of security tips. Can't wait! Thank you, Luke! Your home safety is now officially in good hands. 
I certainly hope so. Send an email to Sergi at Earkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. All right, folks, that was quite an interesting ad break, wasn't it? Thanks to our wonderful sponsor for today's show. Now, let's get into some real stuff, shall we? It's time for all you weirdos and nerds out there who love AI and all that fancy sci-fi stuff. We've got some exciting research papers to discuss today, but don't worry, I'll keep it simple enough for you dummies to understand. Plus, we've got our AI research expert, Belinda, joining us today to help break things down. So, sit tight and get ready to learn something new, even if it might hurt your brain a little bit. Our first paper today comes from Google Research and DeepMind, and it's titled Finite Scalar Quantization, VQVAE Made Simple. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Sure. This paper proposes a simpler alternative to vector quantization, VQ, in the latent representation of VQVAS, called Finite Scalar Quantization, FSQ. Instead of quantizing the entire latent vector, FSQ quantizes each dimension to a small set of fixed values, leading to an implicit codebook. And how does this differ from VQ? Well, VQ quantizes the entire latent vector to the nearest codebook entry, whereas FSQ quantizes each dimension independently. This makes FSQ a simpler and more efficient alternative to VQ. And what are the advantages of using FSQ over VQ in VAEs? According to the authors, FSQ is less prone to codebook collapse, which is a common problem in VQVAS. Additionally, FSQ doesn't require the complex machinery used in VQ, such as commitment losses, codebook receding, code splitting, and entropy penalties, to learn expressive discrete representations. Despite its simplicity, FSQ achieves competitive performance in various image generation and computer vision tasks. Interesting. It sounds like FSQ could be a game changer for VAEs. Our next paper is titled EMU, Enhancing Image Generation Models Using Photogenic Needles and a Haystack from Researchers at Meta. Belinda, can you give us a brief summary of what this paper is about? Sure. This paper addresses the problem of pre-trained text-to-image models struggling to generate highly aesthetic images. The authors propose a technique called quality tuning to guide a pre-trained model to exclusively generate highly visually appealing images while maintaining generality across visual concepts. And how does quality tuning improve image generation quality? The key insight is that supervised fine-tuning with a set of surprisingly small but extremely visually appealing images can significantly improve the generation quality. The authors pre-train a latent diffusion model on 1.1 billion image text pairs and fine-tune it with only a few thousand carefully selected high-quality images. The resulting model, ENU, achieves a win rate of 82.9% compared to its pre-trained only counterpart. That's impressive. How does EMU compare to state-of-the-art models in terms of visual appeal? EMU is preferred 68.4% and 71.3% of the time on visual appeal on the standard party prompts and the author's open user input benchmark based on real-world usage of text-to-image models. EMU also outperforms state-of-the-art models like SDXLV 1.0 in terms of visual appeal. The authors show that quality tuning is a generic approach that is also effective for other architectures, including pixel diffusion and mass generative transformer models. This could have big implications for improving the quality of generated images in various applications. 
Our final paper today is show one, marrying pixel and latent diffusion models for text-to-video generation from the National University of Singapore. Belinda, can you give us an overview of this paper? Sure. Text-to-video generation involves creating a video from a given text description. It's a challenging task because it requires both generating realistic visuals and aligning them with the text. Previous methods have either relied on pixel-based VDMs, which are computationally expensive, or on latent-based VDMs, which struggle with precise text video alignment. This paper proposes a hybrid model called Show1 that combines both approaches. That sounds interesting. How exactly does Show1 combine these two approaches? Show1 first uses a pixel-based VDM to generate a low-resolution video with strong text-video correlation. Then, it employs a novel expert translation method that uses latent-based VDMs to upsample the low-resolution video to high resolution while maintaining precise text-video alignment. And how does Show1 perform compared to previous methods? Show1 outperforms both pixel-based and latent-based VDMs on standard video generation benchmarks. It produces high-quality videos with precise text-video alignment and is much more efficient than pixel-based VDMs in terms of GPU memory usage during inference. The authors also made their code and model weights publicly available. That's impressive. What are the implications of these results? Show One's hybrid approach could pave the way for more efficient and accurate text-to-video generation. It could also have applications in areas like video editing and virtual reality. Folks, it's time for us to say goodbye on this week's episode of GPT Reviews. I have to admit, it's like having to leave the party before things really get wild, but you know someone's gotta be the responsible one, and, well, that's certainly not gonna be any of you lot out there. Speaking of which, my lovely and loyal bunch of listeners, not, I hope you know that I'm only kidding when I call you all a bunch of dunces. But seriously, if you don't know the difference between an algorithm and your left foot, what are you doing listening to a show that prides itself on tech-centric discussions? Hit the road, Jack! Before I go, I'd like to give a shout-out to my amazing collaborators Robert, Olivia, and Belinda. They keep me on my toes, make sure I don't go too far off the rails, and always give me something to laugh about. Thank you, guys! And don't forget to check the podcast description if you want more of the nitty-gritty details we discussed today. And now that we're wrapping up, I have to tell you, real programmers can write assembly code in any language. Ha! Ah, I kill myself sometimes. Lastly, as always, send your love or hate mail to our inbox. I promise to read it all and give you a piece of my mind. Until next time, this is your lovable and charming host, Giovanni Pete Tizano, signing off. <laughs>